What's good, everybody? This is the Nick of Time show. Give it a Nick's talk, just a Nick of Time. Jealous is doing grown man things. That's why I couldn't make the show today. So today you have me, Ryan G, and of course, Lee Escobedo helping me out. So as you know, the Knicks walked into Cleveland last night without all-star Julius Randle and beat the Cavaliers 130 to 116. Donovan Mitchell scored 42 points, but Jalen Brunson was like, you know what, my guy? I can do one better and drop 48 on the Cavaliers' head with nine assists, four rebounds. You had seven Knicks in double figures, quickly with 14 points off the bench. Hart with 11 points. Grimes, 14 points. Barrett, 14 points. Top in 12. Mitch, 10 and 14. Big nine offensive rebounds. And the Knicks got a huge win in Cleveland, 130, 130 to 116, and took three out of four games from the Cavaliers, including winning three straight games. Now, before we get into it, let me do the introductions. Of course, you know me, Ryan G's in the building. And of course, you have my guy, Lee, contributor to ESPN, NY Post, posting and toasting. My guy's all over the place. If you have bum takes on Twitter, <laughs> he, will, he will let you know about it. He will let you know about it. Okay, so let's get into the so let's get into um the game. So first and foremost, Brunson, career high, breakout game. He understood the assignment. He knew Julius Randle was out, so he knew everybody had to step up his game, including him. And he had a huge 48 points to lead the Knicks to victory against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Lee, so what do you think about Jalen Brunson's performance last night? Jalen Brunson is the best free agent addition the Knicks have made in the history of the franchise for multiple reasons. Most importantly, he has filled a two-decade-long hole at point guard and has provided not just stability, not just all-star play, not just all-NBA play, but in my mind, in my my, uh, perspective, I think he has been a top-10 player in the NBA this season. He's been most of his season second in crunch time points right now. I think he's five or six, but as a guard, he's provided the absolute spark and leadership that we've needed from high quality, potent offense, game to game, giving you buckets when you need it, giving you assists when you need it, giving you facilitation when you need it, but most of all, giving you floor leadership when you need it. That's when Jalen Brunson, man, he loves and lives for those matchups against Donovan Mitchell. He knew the narrative and the storyline going to his game. He knew that was his potential backcourt mate. This summer, Donovan didn't work out. Brunson was still here. And a lot of people online and Twitter spaces said this was an overpay. This was a bad contract. He's a mediocre point guard. You're paying him, you know, top 15 point guard salary. He's not even a top 20 point guard. He shut all the haters down this season, not just this game, but this entire season has really been quietly in my mind, and also an MVP candidate for what he's brought to this team. If you look at who we were last year to this year, he's really injected a sense of camaraderie and a sense of like dog mentality into this team. It don't matter who's down, that Netsman mentality has stepped in, and he's been a perfect example of that. And even when he's down, quickly steps in for his role. I love the vibe on this team. They're absolutely immaculate. And, man, I've been boiling up with a hot take 
A hot, hot take. You want me to drop that hot take right now, Ryan? You ready for this? Drop it, drop it for the people. Drop it for the people. The New York Knicks are making the NBA Finals this year. We're going to the Finals. We are going to the Finals. I th- I said Eastern Conference Finals about midway through. Listen to me. I'm not scared of anyone. And what the Knicks showed me last night was we can thrive outside the half-court offense. And Tibbs needs to integrate this as a serious wrinkle moving forward. Sit Randall, balls to the wall. And we have the advanced passers in Hart and Hartenstein to get those outlet passes for fast breaks. If we and I don't care who we match up with, we can beat anybody right now in the Eastern Conference. We're going to make the finals this year. And next year, you know what's coming next. <laughs> I, know, I know you told me you had a hot take. I knew it was that hot. That's Stephen Hot. Blaming Hot Cheeto, bro. Let's go. I'm burning my chair right now. I mean, I don't know if I can go that far yet. <laughs> I don't know if I can go that far yet because the Bucks still worry me. The Knicks are 0-3 against the Bucks this season. The Bucks still kind of worry me, and I know that with the Cleveland Cavaliers and Knicks matchup, the next the next matchup in the second round is going to be Milwaukee at the way it is at the moment. So I'm kind of I'm kind of still nervous about putting the Knicks past the second round, but I mean the way they played tonight without Julius Randle, I mean it's crazy like. Brunson stepping up, dropping 48 points. Like, he knew what the Knicks needed, especially when you have a player on the other side, Donovan Mitchell, who was going off as well. Dropping 42, you need that player on your team that's going to step up to that level as well to try to combat that, to try to cancel that out. And that's exactly what Brunson did. Big 48 points today. And I think the, the one thing I love most about his performance is not even just that he just dropped 48 points, but it's also the nine assists. So it's like not only is he dropping points, but he's also finding other teammates for easy baskets as well. Bingo. Yeah, so so Jalen Brunson, I mean, yo, this man has been a godsend to the Knicks this season. And everything you said, I mean, it's true. Like, people were were basically bashing the Knicks for signing Jalen Brunson to so much money. And he shut everybody up with his performances this season. We know he didn't make the All-Star team, but we know he should have been an All-Star. Like, no doubt about it. He should have been an All-Star this season. And Brunson has definitely stepped up to the plate, especially when the Knicks needed that extra score without Julius Randle in the lineup. You definitely have to give Jalen Brunson all of his props. If you think about the top five teams in the East, and I'm putting us in that conversation, because we're the fifth seed, us, Philly, Cleveland, Boston, Milwaukee. Of those five teams, which one is the least dependent on a single player? Wait, wait, hold up. Milwaukee, Boston. Of those five teams, which one depends on a single player the least that has a more balanced roster and a guy can go down and they're still able to win games? Hint, it's your favorite team. The Knicks. Philly, you take Embiid off that team, he's injured, cut. You take Tatum off the Celtics, cut. You take Giannis off the Bucks, cut. You take Donovan Mitchell off the Cavs, cut. We showed that without Randall and we've shown without Brunson, we can be a competitive team against some of the best offensive teams in the NBA and last night, the best defensive team in the NBA. I think we can beat Cleveland without Julius Randle. That's another hot take. I don't want that to happen, but I think we can. I will say this, though. I, I'm going to push back about I'm going to push back to Milwaukee because Giannis has been out a number of games this season, and Milwaukee still, still was sure. tough. So I, I'm going to push back with Milwaukee, but Celtics, possibly. Sixers, yes. If Sixers don't have Embiid, they're done. Cavaliers, if they don't have Donovan Mitchell, they're done. 
it's, it's Milwaukee where I'm like, okay, Milwaukee would still have a good team, even with, even with Giannis not there, because they've shown it this season that they can still win games without Giannis. And the Celtics, I'm still iffy on because Jalen Brown is still there, and Jalen Brown a, is a very good player, and they still have a solid team as well. So I'll push back on Milwaukee and Celtics, but besides them, yeah, the Knicks is definitely that team where if you take either Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson, they can still win games. Drew Holiday is probably the best two-way player in the NBA. I love Drew Holiday's game. I've watched a lot of butt games this series. Dude is still clutch, and I would say has emerged into the second best and second most important player on that team. He surpassed Chris Middleton, who's having a bad season by his standards. He's actually average, averaging below his 17-point-per-game average. He's only averaging 15, and it's been up and down injury-wise and consistency. There seems to be something going on there off the court that's really taking his concentration to be able to, to play the same level he has when they were uh, winning a championship th- three seasons ago. He's had a game of 34 points where he shot 13 and 23 just on March 27th. And then yesterday he had 13 points, five of 13. So you, that's a small microcosm of the up and down nature of his season. I think they're vulnerable because of that. Drew Holiday is a dog. Giannis is an MVP every single year as a candidate, has won it, has won defensive player of the year. But Bud, I think Tibbs is a better coach than, than Bud and Hoser. You put Tibbs in that team, when they won championship, they would still have won a championship because Giannis is that dominant. He's one of the best players in the last 30, 40 years. He's unbelievable. Do it all besides hit a three, but he hits threes in clutch time. But Chris Middleton's lack of consistency and Bud and Hoser, to me, made him vulnerable in a seven-game series. And Tibbs has been coaching his ass off. NBIC, I see you in the chat. You know me and you have been hand-in-hand with that fire Tibbs talk. But the evidence in front of you has changed. The man is evolving. He's taking chances. He's doing things differently than he's done in the past. He's adding new wrinkles to the offense, and he's tightening up the defense in crunch time, and he's keeping the guys out there that are maintaining runs and taking leads. And that has been a huge change from the beginning of the season to this season. Nits all day. Yeah, most definitely. Definitely have to give Thibodeau his credit because he definitely has grown as a coach. And it's funny how when he first came to the Knicks, how we all thought that he was a dinosaur. You know, as, as a stubborn coach, can change his habits, etc. But Dips has shown that he still has room to grow, and it's definitely and it's definitely helped out the Knicks a whole lot this season. Because, like you said, this season, you know, we, in the, you know, you know, in the past, you know, when the bench was doing good in the fourth quarter and things of that nature, like Dips would always bring him back his starters in the, around the six minute, five minute mark, no matter how good the bench was doing. And a lot of times, especially la- especially last season, that led to a whole lot of losses for the Knicks. But this season, he's definitely turned it around and. Yeah, with Dibs coaching, the way he's coaching and the way with Brunson is playing, the way Randall is playing, the way IQ has grown, Grimes have, has grown, et cetera. Like, yeah, I mean, this Knicks team definitely is going to give hell to whoever they face in the playoffs. It's not going to be an easy out for any team. Now, I will say, a balance of perspective because I've been all the way out the window right now. If Tibbs was to beat the Cavs, it would be his single greatest playoff series win in his entire career. As, as an underseed, as a, as a bottom seed, facing a, 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 more, a better seed, he's only beaten them once in 2013 in the first round when his five-seeded Bulls beat the four-seeded Nets. But only one game separated those two teams from four to five. Cavs are different. They're like five to seven games better than us, and they have a number one raid defense in the entire NBA with an unbelievable player in Donovan Mitchell and another all-star, two all-stars, and Allen and Darwin. But I think we can do it. And I think I predicted, me and Raw both, this would be Tibbs' best coaching season as the head coach of the Knicks, and he's proven that right. And he's also done that through evolving. As Randall has evolved, Brunson has evolved, Whitley has evolved, 
Tibbs can too. They're all men with good and bad, a devil and an angel on their shoulders. And right now, Tibbs is listening to whichever one is telling him how to coach the tour to win. So I'm happy right now with the job he's doing. If he was to advance past the first round, it really would be the biggest upset of his playoff coaching career. And if he beat the Butts, it would be the greatest moment of his coaching career, period. But I believe in him, and I think he can do it this year. Well, we got we definitely got to wait and see. But I'll say I'll tell you this: if the Knicks beat the Bucks in the second round to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, yo, those the streets of New York ain't gonna be safe. Let's go. The New York ain't gonna be safe because we gonna definitely be outside if the Knicks <laughs> ain't outside, without a doubt. Bro, I'm going to be in South Dallas in my AK-47 shooting in the air, bro. We outside. <laughs> Bullets flying everywhere. I can't wait, man. It's going to be rad. Facts, facts, facts. So I'm going to take a little break right now to shout out the chat. Because thank you for being with us today. After this huge win last night for the Knicks. I want to shout out Pudge Nice in the chat. Of course, Fritz, the best mod of the game. Send us up for us. Thank you, Fritz. MBIC still preaching fire tips, but not right now. Right now, not right now. Not right now. Uh, who else is in the chat? On oh, John Baines, Cody, everybody who's in, who's with us today. Ray Valencia, Rodney Sannon, everybody. Thank you for kicking it with us today. Okay, so I want I want to go into the next topic. Okay, so as you know, with Julius Randle out, it's Obi Toppin's time to shine to show what he can do. Um, he stepped in for Randall in the starting lineup. He had 19, he played 19 minutes, five of, seven, five of seven shooting from the field, two or two from three point range, only one rebound. Gotta get those rebound numbers up, especially if you're gonna replace Julius Randall in the lineup. And he had 12 points. So, what do you think about Tapas' performance replacing Julius Randall against the Cavaliers last night? It was fine. I, I like, I, I liked the way he scored more so than how much he scored or how many minutes he got, which. I thought were inconsequential because Tibbs is coaching a win right now heading into the playoffs. And especially in the Cavs, you can't drop this game as that matchup is looming in, in a, a week or two. So even though he got under 20 minutes, and I saw a lot of people on Twitter, this is a perfect time for him to play 25 or 30. Yeah, no shit. Obviously, he should have. But the better lineup was Hart and RJ at the four and going small against a team that didn't have Jared Allen and was playing Evan Mobley at the five. They didn't even have a lot of stretch shooting. Like their bids weren't hitting threes this game. So actually it was the right time to have guys at heart at the four and heart and seat at the five. Because what does that mean? That's outlet passes all day, man. Advanced passes from one side of the court to the other. And it worked. It was run and done those last five minutes. The same thing he did against Miami. They really won us a game and build that lead. And they weren't able to come back. So look, Obi played great. He caught a lot of passes in transition for easy dunks. Brunson found him once. Uh, Hart found him once. I, I like the way he scored. I thought he was aggressive, wasn't doing a lot of one-on-one face-up game. He's not there yet, confidence-wise or skill. Just go in transition and be a, a, a one-man fast break. And he did that. I thought I was happy with the minutes he got. He, his defense was a little lackluster, trying to contain Mobley. But uh, the rebounds has to improve. He's very much a Stoudemire. Athletic, dunker, uh, uh, really a, a under-average rebounder. That's the same way Stoudemire was, too. He wasn't a strong rebounder with the Suns or the Knicks, and neither is Obi. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I yeah, I mainly agree with you because you know, Obi stepped in. I felt like he played within himself, like he didn't try to do too much. Yeah. You know, he he had a couple of threes which was which was really major and he got in a lot of, you know, got a lot of easy shots, you know, got out on the fast break, you know, had a he had a big dunk in the game as well. And and he played within himself. Um, yeah, his defense was not that great. I mean, 
you know, he was part of the reason as to why the Cavs went off <laughs> in the first half. But besides that, like, I think Obi Topper played within himself and he had a pretty solid game despite the fact he only played 19 minutes. Like you said, I felt like the matchups definitely dictated what, what Dibs did because the Cavaliers didn't have Jared Allen, so they played kind of small with Evan Mobley at the five. And then he had been – they were pretty much had, like, a bunch of, like, wings and guards on the, on the court besides Evan Mobley. So if you're going to play that way, that allows the Knicks to just go small as well with R.J. Barrett, Jay Hart. And, you know, with that kind of lineup in there, with R.J. Barrett, Jay Hart, Grimes, or whether it's IQ and Brunson, right. that's a more defensive lineup. And, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely what led the Knicks to victory. But, yeah, solid performance by IQ. I mean, by Toppin. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the next topic of discussion I think I would like to get into is the scuffle between RJ Barrett and Obi Top and the little back and forth that they had, you know, they definitely highlighted it during the game. And usually these are two players that don't really get into with other teammates. Like these are two players that are usually like, you know, buddy, buddy, and, you know, vibe, keep the vibes immaculate and things of that nature. You, you, don't, you don't really see them go at it at, you know, you, you really don't see them going at it with other teammates. But to, but last night they went at it and, Good thing that they squashed the beef afterwards, but what do you think about seeing RJ and Obi actually show some fire, which is not really, that's really unusual for them? I don't know about you, but I loved it. Those are two players I think that Knit fans have labeled soft for their style of play and kind of their personality, which teeters between being lovable, but also like a little bit too affable toward, you know, guys just running in the layup line defensively to the paint. So I thought it was a really good thing to see that two guys care enough about winning and winning this game in particular to jaw at each other because you know what they were jawing at? Yo, I'm open. Stop ball hogging. You know what Obi was telling RJ? Stop ball hogging. Stop barreling to the basket and turning the ball over or blowing layups and find me because if you find me, I'm going to flush that ball down their throat. And that's I agree. Find Obi. That's what we've been saying all season. Everyone, for not just RJ, but Brunson, uh, to iHeart, to Heart, everyone should be finding more opportunities for Obi besides IQ, which is his best buddy. So I like seeing a little bit of grit and fire from two guys you don't usually see that from. And of course, they dap it up, you know, when they dap back on the court uh, and it pulled out a win. But those type of things you see from teams that are ready to win a championship, like the Miamis or the Phoenixes or the Milwaukee's, or guys that have a lot of heart and a dog mentality, they're jawing on each other on you know during a timeout or on the bench. I'm all for it, man. That's that '90s niche shit. You know, enough of this snow, snowflake basketball. Let's be some real grown men out there and take this shit to the teeth. And that's what they did. So I'm all for it, man. More of it, please. Yes, I definitely agree. I like seeing that fire because what that fire showed me right there is that this team is playing for something. You know, like this ain't this ain't this ain't just no. You know, we're just playing to have fun or whatever the case may be. Like, this is a team that's focused. This is a team that's like, you know what? Like, we know what we can do when we're playing at our best as a team. And when when they're playing like this, like, I like seeing that fire, especially from Austin, yep. especially from OB. You know, that, that just shows me that they know the stakes at hand. Like, they know what's on the table. And, you know, and they letting each other know, like, if you make a mistake, like, yo, you know what's going on? You know what I mean? And I think Obi has a right to feel the way he did because I did see a lot of, I did see like maybe a couple opportunities last night where he was wide open in the corner and nobody fed him the ball. And, 
and and there were very like makeable passes for the player driving to the basket, whether it was RJ, IQ, like he was wide open in the corner and he's being ignored. And I mean, to be honest, this season Obi has been pretty reliable from the corner three. Yeah. So see Obi so if you see Obi open in the corner, like that that is a good pass to make because Obi is pretty reliable, especially this season from knocking down the corner three. So I can understand where Obi is coming from with his anger and you know the fact that you know RJ, you know, stood his ground and you know, they just got up, they just got whatever they need to get off their chest and then afterwards dapped it up, knowing that, you know, it's all good. It's just a matter of the competition. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's a part of the game. You know, teammates will go at it from time to time. So I'm just so I'm just glad to see that fire from the both of them. It, it reflected what Tibbs said has preached as he took over, which is the Knicks will be a meritocracy. You earn what you get. And if that's the case, any player really should have the opportunity to call another player out based on on the court uh, play. And the same way the IQ said to Randall, like, yo, dog, you're, you're blown up over a call. Like, get your head back in the game. It's the same way as Obi should be able to call out a starter and a, a vet like RJ, where stop turning the ball over with your uh, just having tunnel vision and running to the lane and letting the ball slip out your hands. Find me. If you find me, I'm going to shove it down their throat. I want more of this. Give me more of that Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason mentality. You know, I want more dogs on this team and more dogs on the court. Let's go. Most definitely. Most definitely. So I'm going to shout out to Chad again. Thank you for being with us on this lovely Saturday afternoon, celebrating a huge Knicks victory last night against the Cleveland Cavaliers, the team that we will be seeing in the first round of the playoffs. Shout out John Baines, MBIC into the Knicks verse. George. Yes, sir. Cole D. Fritz, the best mod in the game. Let's go. Who else am I forgetting? Let me go through the list. Flow Hypnotic. Everybody else, thank you for being with us today. I see 67 in the chat. Make sure you get those likes up. Support your boys. You know, JL is not here today because he's handling that grown man business, but JL will hopefully be back for the next mixed game. No okay. doubt. Yes, sir. So I want to get into some bench production because the bench production was really good against in the, in the Cleveland Cavaliers game. We had quickly plus 18, Josh Hart plus 18, Miles McBride, who gave a solid 10 minutes plus 11. And of course the guy we've been raving about my guy who has turned, who has done a complete 180 <laughs> from the, the season, Isaiah Hardenstein plus 15, off the bench. So I don't know if I want to go like just talk about each bench guy separate or if I just want to talk about the bench unit as a whole. I'm going to let you take the lead on this, man. What, what what you think? Should we do the bench as a whole or should we just play, talk about separate players? Let's do it as a whole, man. I think that the, the starting point for that is Isaiah Hardenstein, who you said it best, a complete 180 from the bum that he was in the start of a season. And I, hey, man, give Randall some props. He said it in an interview. Randall was the one who was lighting a fire under him, sending him encouraging texts and lifting him up after bad games, just telling him, yo, you got that motor. You have the ability. Utilize it. And we're starting to see it. I also want to give Tibbs some props for utilizing him more in the high post, finding cutters in the back door for easy layups. He's starting to use him in that Joaquin Noah role back in Chicago. They're very similar games. I think Hartenstein's actually a more skilled offensive player, and Noah is a more skilled on-ball defender, obviously. But they have some of the same passing acumen, and you, it's a great different um, ability. It's a, a completely different style of play when Hartenstein's in there over Mitch, because Mitch gives you that rim-running, 
you know, unbelievable interior defense. Can go out to the perimeter and guard the three a little bit too. Unbelievable shot blocker. Timing on shot blocking is phenomenal at elite level. And Hardenstein comes in and gives you a completely different look while maintaining shot blocking and offensive rebounding. The ability to maintain that that line of identity while adding a brand new wrinkle to, to the center position, we haven't had that since. Dude, I don't even know when. I maybe <laughs> when and Ewing was like kind of on a downslide and Camby would come in and provide some athleticism uh, and, and transition game, but that was like damn near 30 years ago. Usually we have a decent center and then one who's even worse than him off the bench, like a, a Jerry Jeffries or a Lens Noel. Harden seemed to start on a lot of teams in the NBA, but he plays so well with us in a reserve role because of his ability to, to gel with any other four guys that are on the court. And sometimes that's the bench unit, the bench mob. Sometimes it's the starters. And Tibbs have been finishing games with them. Man, more power to him. I can't wait to see if it's in the playoffs. Yeah, man. I mean, look, I can't really say enough about Hardenstein because, you know, like you said, at the beginning of the season, we were really down on him. And the fact that he's made such a 180 and he's definitely showing what he can do. And the fact that Tibbs is utilizing him better, like you said, in the high post. Yeah. Cutters, you know, and because one of his best skills is passing the ball. And we weren't and we were not really utilizing that when iHeart first got into the, you know, first came to the Knicks and playing in the first half of the season. But Dibs definitely changed up something. I don't know if that's a Dibs thing. I don't know if that's a Johnny Bryant thing. I don't know who it is that really made that adjustment on the Knicks coaching staff, but that's a major adjustment right there. Like you said, the fact that he's able to add that extra wrinkle and at the, and at the same time maintain the offensive rebounding, which Mitch does, et cetera, and the defense, that's definitely a major um, addition to the team. And I have to give McBride his props as well because even though McBride has not been a consistent player off the bench, the, the times that he has been put into the lineup, he has shown that he is one of the better defensive guards in this league. And he definitely steps it up on defense. And he played pretty good defense the, you know, the few minutes he was in the game on, on Donovan Mitchell as well, kind of slowed him down a little bit. So I got to give McBride his props right there. Josh Hart, I mean, we can't say enough about this guy. I think since he's been with the Knicks, I think Knicks record has been 15 and six. So that, so that's definitely his impact right there. I mean, major player off the bench, always injects that extra piece of energy that we need when, you know, when like the starters are kind of fumbling and stumbling a bit, he comes into the game and, and injects the team with a bit more, you know, energy and transition. And then the rebound that he provides as well, the defense. And then again, quickly, you really can't say enough about quickly. I mean, quickly only had 14 points. I mean, shoot, I mean, the fact he only scored 14 points, like that's low for that's low for my IQ. Like we expect more from my IQ now with the way he's been playing this season. And it's a solid 14 points. Five or 16 from the field. He he wasn't shooting that well this game, but he definitely, but he definitely had solid performance as well. And the bench unit as a whole definitely is what made the Knicks win this game because when they were in the game, they dominated the Cavaliers. It makes me think back to that COVID season when we made the playoffs and got absolutely smacked by the Atlanta Hawks in the first round. The guys, two guys that started on my team, Reggie Bullock and Alfred Payton, I don't know if they would crack the rotation on this team. Alfred Payton surely wouldn't. I don't even know if Reggie Bullock would because Grimes, IQ, Hart, RJ, every perimeter guy we have is better than him. And those were two of our starters on that team. And Nolan's Noel is bum-ass coming off the bench. Hartenstein's twice as good as him. And almost everything but shot blocking. I'll give that to Noel. But everything else, he was a pitiful rebounder. Hartenstein's such a solid defense and offensive rebounder. This team is so deep. And it shows the breadth and expansion of Leon Rose adding to the bench. 
every season, trying to get a new piece in there to give us a, a, a different dynamic, whether it be Hartenstein in the summer or, or Hart in a, the deadline deal. This has been really masterful work by Leon addressing needs at the point guard with a star mentality by Brunson, but also saying, you know what, I'm also going to keep adding to the bench to make sure that we have constant depth and rotations to maintain Tibbs' next man up mentality. Kudos to Leon Rose. Again, not going to call another grown man a Don, but he's doing a hell of a job. Most definitely, most definitely. And that's why I feel like this Knicks team can go way further than the COVID team. Because if you really look at this roster compared to the roster the Knicks had during the COVID season, this roster, if, if this roster was to go against the Knicks roster when they went to the playoffs against the Hawks, that'd be a sweep. That'd be, that'd be a 4-0 sweep because this Knicks team is way better than the team we had during the COVID season. Yep. 100% agree. It'd be a sweep in a seven-game series. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, again, thank you for being with us today. Shouting out the chat again. MBIC, Pudge Nice, Anthony Greenway, hold up. 86 watcher right now. Oh, Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate the love today. Shouting out Pudge Nice, John Baines, Fritz, the best mod in the game. He's the one who set up everything for us. Thank you, Fritz. MBIC, uh, who else am I forgetting? Cody, Nick MBIC. I know I saw Pix for Timmy in here earlier too. I don't know if he's still in here, but I forgot to shout him out. Pix for Timmy, we outside. Everybody who's with us today, thank you for being with us. We appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. So I'm not sure if there's any other topics I want to get into today. I got one. All right, what's Dallas Mavs, baby. You know what's great about living in Dallas, man? All these like connections between the two franchises is I can go out in my Jalen Brunson shirt or my Jalen Brunson jersey or my mini Knicks hats or my Patrick Ewing shoes, and I don't have to say anything. Just walking by all these guys in pink polos and boat shoes, I can feel the hatred coming coming off of their crusty, musty, pasty asses. And I know it's directed at me. When they see those letters of Brunson on the back of my jersey, I know they're thinking, damn, I miss him, man. I'm over here sitting with Kyrie Irving who's a great player, but it's going to cost them a lot this summer if he resigns. And if he doesn't, bye-bye Dorian Finney-Smith, bye-bye 2029 first-round pick, bye-bye Spencer Dinwiddie. So I love living in Dallas, which has been beautiful today. It's like 70 degrees over here, wearing a Jalen Brunson jersey and pissing off all these frat guys. They're some of the most terrible fans in all the NBA. It's a joy, brother. Go Knicks. (laughs) Go Knicks indeed, but I will say this. Tonight, I'm going to definitely be a Dallas Mavericks fan because they're facing the Heat. And if they beat the Heat tonight, the Knicks get yes. that fifth seed. They clinch the fifth seed. And then on top of that, Dallas gets that one more win to keep them away from, nice. that, 10, from that number 10 draft spot. So that pick will be coming to us in this upcoming draft. So tonight, I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan. But every other, every other day, yeah, I want the smoke. Be, continue to be mad, Dallas Mavericks fans. Continue to be mad. Facts. I agree 100%. Uh, it's a win-win. It's like they win, cool. The pick stays where it's at. If they lose, it's like LOL. I just I'm, no, no matter what, I'm laughing on my couch but for the demise of that franchise. And hopefully, eventually, you know, Luca wants to leave and he looks around the league and says, Where's the winning coach, winning culture, winning front office, and a familiar face? New York City. Let's go. Facts, facts, facts. Even though. You know, I'm I'm not trying to be picky because you know if Luca was to ever come to the Knicks, I'd be a blessing. But if Luca does come, for, but if Luca does come to the Knicks and he and he's gonna play for Thibs, 
he's going to have to get the conditioning up a little bit. He's going to have to True. be more conditioned to play with Thibs. That's all I'm going to say. But if, if Luca was to come to New York, it would be a blessing. It would definitely be a blessing. Arms wide open. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So since we touched on every topic, I do have a bit of a rant to go on because Nick's Twitter, y'all be pissing me off, man, honestly. <laughs> Myself <be> included. <laughs> y'all be pissing me off because I really don't know what is up with some of y'all Knicks fans, honestly. I'm going to just go through some of, the, some of the tweets I've read from several Knicks fans after this game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So there's a subset of Knicks fans that are saying that the Knicks play way better without Julius Randle. Come on now. Like, like, let's that bra button. like, do y'all even think before you talk? First and foremost, if Julius Randle was not on this team at the beginning of the season, IQ is not the same player he is now. Grimes is not the same player that he is now. All of these players are not the same player that they are. They develop, they develop throughout the season. That's why they're able to play so good right now, even without Julius Randle not being in the lineup. Julius Randle was a crucial part as to why the Knicks were able to stay above water in the first half of the season. So how are you going so to come out of your mouth and say that, oh, the Knicks play better without Julius Randle? Like, come on now. That's number one. Number two, you still have a subset of Knicks fans out there complaining about the Knicks not getting Donovan Mitchell, saying how, oh, can you imagine if we had Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, and Donovan Mitchell on the same team? First and foremost, if the Knicks made that trade, more than likely, IQ would not be here. Grimes would not be here. One or two of them would be gone. That's number one. So those players who are contributing so much to the Knicks now, they wouldn't be here. And, and I think Lee mentioned it to me before the podcast as well. Mitchell Robinson was included in that trade. Can you imagine if the Knicks didn't have Mitchell Robinson in the middle? How, how lack lost their defense would be with Donovan Mitchell here? And then on top of that, it baffles me because it's like, okay, you're still crying about the Knicks not getting Donovan Mitchell. But yet the team Donovan Mitchell is on. The Knicks are smacking him this season. He's not even dominating the Knicks like that. The Knicks are showing that they have a better team than the Cavaliers. So I don't understand how y'all are still complaining about the Knicks not getting Donovan Mitchell when the Knicks are smacking the team that Donovan Mitchell went to. Yep. Like, come on now. Like, honestly, like, y'all made the Knicks fan base look so damn miserable. (laughs) I agree. And, you know, I think what needs to happen to – to, to bo- both points of the Knicks are better without Randall and Randall is the absolutely the best player on our team is when Randall sits, the style needs to change. And I think what th- that's what I don't like about this Nets offense is when Randall sits, the style stays the same, but with RJ as a focal point. And now RJ's ISOing, RJ's driving the basket on three defenders or Brunson's dribbling the air out the ball and Brunson's taking difficult, you know, one, one-footed fadeaway jumpers. I-, I would like for the ball to move because when Randall's there, it's heliocentric. That's just the way it is. It's not going to change. And he's one of the best ISO players in the NBA. Let the man cook. Let him get his 20 in, in that way. But when he's sitting, let's actually play more fast-paced and have an, an actual like a decided attempt, a, a game plan to push the pace and throw more outlet passes and find Obi and Hart and Grimes on the break. And now if that if we had both those different styles – that we could really play toward any matchup and beat any team. We could actually play small with Randall at the five and surround him with shooters. But instead, Tibbs seems right at this moment 
to be stuck in either this or that. If Randall's not playing, he's out the game, we, we run and done. And if he is, we play through him. So he hasn't had to continue growing in that level of adaptability and find the moments when Randall's sitting to really take advantage of the level of speed and quickness that we have off the bench. Yeah, matter of fact, I think I do like the fact that it seems like the Knicks can play two different like, two different styles of ball. You know, like when Julius Randle's in the game, I do like the fact that in the half court, that does make them effective because like you said, Julius Randle's an effective ISO player. Brunson's also an effective ISO player. And when you're playing in the half court, you know, you, you need players that's going to be able to create their own shot, which Julius yeah. Randle and Brunson are excellent at. And at the same time, I do like the fact that when Julius Randle does come out of the game, the Knicks do pick up the pace and they play faster. So the fact that they can play offense with two different styles and not just one style all the time, I feel like that's an advantage for the Knicks. The yep. fact that they're able to change up their offense depending on the personnel that's on the court. Yeah. And you also have to admit, Randall demands a lot of attention. There's a reason why RJ and Grimes and Brunson get open looks when they're sharing the court with him. It's because he's constantly demanding a double team. That he's sucking in the defenders on him, whether they go to zone or man to man. You have to you have to double Randall. Otherwise, the defenders don't get cooked on a one on one isolation play. So you, you give him props for the attention that he demands and the very high efficiency that he hits points per play as an isolation player too. him and Brunson, the top of the NBA in that regard. So there's going to be good or bad, no matter what type of offensive set you run or what kind of player personnel you have on your team. It's just about taking advantage of the roster you have when Randall sits or Randall's out to their full potential. Most definitely, most definitely. And I just want to finish off by saying this. So those Knicks fans that are out there with those arguments Please stop it because y'all don't know how to appreciate good things. Y'all making the fan base look miserable as hell. Like, come on, chill. Y'all need to stop it. Yeah, and that's a lot of that's coming from my toxic boys. Ari in Manhattan had a tweet that was like kind of saying that we played better without Randall. And, and I called him out on it saying it was an ass take. It doesn't mean that all of his takes are ass or that he doesn't know ball because he does know ball. I actually agree with a lot of the stuff that he says. But that take in particular, which I saw mimicked by other people on Twitter, I vehemently disagree with. Because without Randall, we are not in the position that we're in right now. And this is on Raw's channel. He said without Brunson and IQ, we would be just as where we are right now. Hell no. You take Brunson or Randall off this team, we're eight to ten losses more. I, I'm not confident we did out of the first round without one of those two players. They make us. The identity we have is because of those two players' strengths as one-on-one killers. They didn't cook any defender in the NBA. So I'm glad that we have both, and we should utilize both to their full strengths. Exactly. I wholeheartedly agree 100%. All right. So I'm going to shout out the chat right quick. Uh, Cred Ward. <laughs> you, see Cred, you see Cred's comment in the chat? <laughs> what y'all do with Jay Ellis? I was like, <laughs> Jay Ellis in the chat, bro. He's, he's there. He's oh, the man. <laughs> Well, well, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. I mean, that missing that missing personal reports gonna have to be filed in Jersey because jail is a no- <laughs> <laughs> my man's is a Jersey guy now. My so guy, you file report in Jersey. All right, so I want to shout out the chat right quick before we end the show. Shout out Dot Hangs, Pudge Nice, John Baines, Thomas, Craig Ward, Cody. Fritz, the best mod in the game. New York Rican, 7126. Go Yankees. Yes, sir. Let's go Yankees. You know, it's New York all day, every day. Ernesto Duverge. 
and everybody else in the chat, Nick them up. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And that is our show. I see 107 in the chat on only 42 likes. Come on, get the likes up. I know y'all can help. Y'all know y'all can help us out. Get the likes up. Get the likes up. Get, get those lights up so we can pay JL as his ransom money. Exactly. Get <laughs> yeah, you want JL is back? Get those likes up. <laughs> exactly. Let's go. All right. So to close out the show, Lee, tell them where they can find you on social yeah, media. Yeah, man. Just search the hashtag bum and it'll eventually lead to, to my page at underscore Lee Estabito. I might be the bum, or I'm calling someone a bum. At underscore Lee Estabito, L-E-E-E-S-C-O-B-E-D-L. I see y'all hating on my haircut in the chat. Listen, man, this is the this is the, the Berlin, Germany finest, bro. I'm over here with this, like, you know, postmodern cut, man. I'm over, it's fashion forward. Y'all just don't understand yet, but y'all will one day. I love y'all, man. Thanks for joining us in the chat. It was a beautiful day. Uh, I'm ready to, to win these last four games of a season and go into the Cleveland Cavaliers. And man, maybe sweep them. I'm going to say probably six games, but I see John Baines in the chat saying a sweep. Yo, you ain't far off, man. It's possible. It's possible. Whoo. Okay. I see the smoke is definitely rising. Okay. <laughs> so, so y'all can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. Got to do it since JL. This is not here. That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I. And it goes, so find me at Sir G's Corner. And you can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G-K-O-T. I might not be that active, but one or two times I do pop up with a few tweets here and there. So still follow, follow brother regardless. <laughs> My guy. Yes, sir. And that is our show. Thank you for being with us. JL should be back for the next show. I hope he should. Free JL is. Free, yes, free JL is. Free JL is. <laughs> he should be back next show. So thank you for watching. That's all we got for y'all. Have a good rest of the Saturday. Peace. We out. Go Knicks. York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams.